Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Yeah, and I think especially here in Central or Eastern Europe, uh, for some reason we are very good in theory, but the practical skills and teaching is very weak in our culture. I don't know why. I think in, in the US, for example, is different in Western universities. Um, yeah, what do you think? There is a huge gap between the two or, or, or we can still apply? Does it make sense at all to learn those theoretical things? You know, I think uh, the experience is the thing that's, that, that has the value, the college experience. Like you go on campus or you party a lot, you meet a lot of people, you network. You, if, you, if you go to like, I don't know, some type of good business school, for example, you can make a lot of friends who will be your business partners later. In my case, it wasn't the case because I'm from Romania, uh, originally from Transylvania, although I'm a Hungarian. And um, I, I studied there, I grew up there, and I also went to university there, uh, which was fine because I studied in English, you know, but still, I mean, um, it wasn't like this top Ivy League school or something. So maybe it's different there in the States. Uh, but I was still very interested in the topic. And I think it's worth it in the sense that it gives you a lot of general knowledge and it uh, it makes you a more... Uh, more knowledgeable person and a more logically thinking person. But if you want to just learn how to become a copywriter or how to make money online, let's say, or how to really, how life works, you know, how business works, I think you can shortcut the whole thing. Like you can do it 10 times faster if you know what you're looking for and you get like practical uh, education, like, I don't know. I'm sure you've heard about Seth Ro- uh, Seth Godin's like these practical workshops. Uh, they do a lot of cool um, like these. I don't know. They're priced around four hundred, five hundred dollars or something. They they last like two months or three months, but it's super practical, super networking, and you know you you have to do the assignments and uh, study after study shows that they work better in creating good quality experts than you know overinflated colleges. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Um, yeah, and, and experience what matters. And uh, marketing is highly, and sales as well. These are highly practical areas. It's the opposite of being an engineer or, or a doctor, I think. Probably you don't want a doctor who has only the experience but no college degree. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I can, I can relate. And I remember um, when you when you jumped into this whole online marketing world a few years ago, and uh, I remember when we talked about uh, things. And uh, why did you pick uh, copywriting? I'm uh, I'm I'm really interested to hear that. Yeah. So uh, after finishing my studies, you know, I wanted to do a PhD, but I, I I didn't get in the places that I wanted to, and then I went to work for a multinational. After one and a half years, I, I decided it wasn't for me. Then I went to work as a, uh, for a wealth management company. After half a year, I decided it wasn't for me. Then I said, fuck it. Uh, I just want to be my own boss. And, you know, uh, I want to figure out how sales work. And I want to make basically money for myself. And after researching things a little bit, 
uh, I found this thing called copywriting. And it, like most people, I didn't really understand at the beginning, like, what? This is some kind of legal stuff or something. So how how does this, you know, writing legal stuff make you money or something? And then I discovered, oh, it's copywriting with a W. And actually, at the time, you were also working as a copywriter. And uh, this was also kind of an inspiration uh, for me because I said, hey, you know, my friend Daniel, he's he's a freelance copywriter. So uh, I guess, you know, you can make a living with this. So why not dive deeper into it? Yeah. And for you, it became a bigger thing recently. Uh, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I sure. Know- sure. So in- my, my uh, underlying motivation was always to really become... Uh, the best at it and obviously I have a long way to go even now so uh, (laughs) I won't become the next John Carlton or Gary Gary Halbert or Dan Kennedy or something but uh, I was always fascinated by really understanding how the human mind works and how persuasion works and how sales work Uh, especially that I wasn't a natural so I had to learn this but I do believe that you can learn this and this is this is a good thing to know for anybody who wants to like get into marketing or wants to start a business or something you can learn 95% of it. Uh and you know uh I I dove deep, deep into books and courses and I I I started uh, you know getting clients in various niches so I eventually I I don't even know I worked with like 100 plus clients so far in the past 4 years. Uh, and it has it. It, it had its uh, ups and downs. You know, at first, my first clients was a, was a sex shop, for example. So I had to write uh, like uh, uh, emotional arousing uh, product descriptions for like penis ex- extenders and uh, and cock rings and these pumps. You know, they they resemble medieval torture devices. Uh, but it was pretty fun, and then you know, I, 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 you know, I was ripped off a few times, so I made all the mistakes that that I could. You know, I was I was a rookie. You know, I, I had no idea what to do basically, and gradually, mistake after mistake, but still, you know, making a living with it. Uh, I was able to like learn from my mistakes and uh, integrate all those those lessons into my process, into my how I work, who I work with. Uh, what type of work do I deliver and stuff like that? That's that's amazing. And uh, did you work only with e-commerce clients or other clients as well? No, I, I I took on everything I could at the beginning. So I started on Upwork, and then you know after this sex shop client, I had like watches, like clients who had Kickstarter campaigns, and they were doing uh, watches. I guess they were quite similar to Philippe or Loretti. So they were in e-commerce in a way. Uh, I also worked with some smaller brands, some drop shippers. Uh, there was a company called Canvas Freaks. They were pretty uh, big. They were definitely an e-commerce brand. Um, I also worked with Oberlu, so uh, Shopify's sister company. And I actually wrote the uh, the 21 day email campaign for their one of their biggest lead magnets. It was called, I think, your first drop shipping sale to something. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, a lot of people. Did you meet on Upwork with these clients? or uh, Not always. So uh, at first it was Upwork, then it was some referrals, you know, and I also like I tried to uh, polish my LinkedIn profile to be like good enough, uh, although I was never really that big on, on, on LinkedIn. I guess it was uh, it was just uh, 
referrals, Upwork, after that YouTube, because I also started a YouTube channel like uh, early last year, so one and a half years ago. Uh, so yeah, mostly organic types of, uh, of uh, things. I also like reached out to people on Facebook uh, in, in various Facebook groups, you know, I try to be helpful, offer them a few comments on their posts. And then some of them reached out and said, hey, uh, do you want to like help me with this? Because I see that you know what you're doing. And this strategy also works even to this day. So I don't really do it that much, but uh, or probably at all now, but uh, it still definitely works. Yeah, that's amazing. And Choba knows what, what he's doing. Uh, and yeah, others also, and other people, they can also see that. That's great. Um, what do you think? What's the secret of good copywriting? I know it's a very generic question, uh, but what do you think? No, I think it's a great question. It, it is generic, but uh, it's uh, it's actually hard to answer because, like, uh, it's it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of the question: How long should my copy be? Like, how long should my email or sales page be? Like, that would be my other question, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, though, so I will answer like uh, two birds with one stone. Um, I guess, I guess the best copywriters, if you look at them over the last 40, 50 years, they're all uh, very capable of, uh, of building an emotional connection with people, with their ideal customers. So they are people who are genuinely interested in, in uncovering the pains and fears and hopes and dreams of their target audience and basically just recycling that customer research, that message into into proven formats and formulas that they know convert. And the best copywriters are really masters at like extracting the the deepest emotional core desires and problems that people have. So not like I'm not talking about things like uh I want to get I want to make more money or I want to make more sales. These are surface level things. But like uh you want to get more money. Why? Because then I can feel more successful. Yeah, but why do you want to feel more successful? Because then I will uh, feel that my uh, confidence is higher. Yeah, but why do you want to have higher confidence? Because then my family will respect me more or my friends will respect me more. But yeah, but why do you want to have that? Because, you know, I didn't have that respect when I was a kid. But why didn't you have that? Because, you know, my mother didn't really cater to my desires or something. So this is the type of death that I'm uh, I'm talking about and if somebody can do this uh it becomes actually pretty easy to uh to write really compelling emotional like this gut punch John Carlton always says he was a huge inspiration on me by the way and uh he's he was actually the mentor of my mentor um uh, Kevin Rogers so John Carlton always said that you want to be the one thing that basically gut punches people uh, in their otherwise boring day with their copy. And you want them to be able to, you want them to like not be able to sleep after reading your sales message because they feel like, oh my God, if you, if I don't buy this and if, if, if I really miss out, my life will be over. That's a good copywriter. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And, um, punching them into their guts. I think this is how you said, or, or aha moment, that's the other way to say it. They have a huge aha moment, like, oh, you, you got me now. I, I really want to get this thing because it will change my life. And I think what you mentioned um, in, in um, I read the book uh, Lean Startup, and 
you can use these five why methods to mm -hmm. figure out the pain points. Like you ask the question, okay, why uh, they want to buy this product because of making more money? Why they don't? Why do they want to make more money? And then you just ask five whys after each other, and then you figure out their uh, deepest desires. And I think that's great to create your customer avatar and to understand your audience. Yeah, exactly. Oh. On point. Because, you know, uh, this is also called Socratic questioning. So we didn't invent this, you know, the Greeks invented it like more than 2000 years ago, but it still works. And it's just like with story and story structure. So, you know, you have this hero's journey and so, so few people are using it yet. If you use it correctly, it, it definitely pulls people in and it doesn't matter if, if it's info business or e-commerce or TV commercial or, or series on, on, on television. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And what do you think about the length question? It comes back again and again. <laughs> it's just like the length question with, the, with the, what guys you know, and girls have. Like it depends. You can deliver a lot of value with, with the smaller length, but like sometimes, you know, Some people need uh, like longer length. So um, you need as much copy as as possible. To, no, you need as much copy as it's absolutely necessary to convey a, a, a convincing sales argument. And what do I mean by this? Uh, have you heard about uh, Eugene Schwartz's uh, uh, five levels of awareness? I didn't. I didn't. So Eugene Schwartz was one of the uh, one of the most legendary marketers ever. Actually, um, he wrote the uh, book called Breakthrough Advertising, and you can only get the book via via single funnel uh, officially nowadays, and it costs like hundred and fifty dollars or something. So it's definitely like a, a relic of a book. But uh, he laid down the very basis of direct response marketing and, and direct response copywriting. And he uh, argued that there are five levels of awareness that, that people, an audience can have. So first of all, you have the unaware people. So they don't even know that they have a problem. So obviously, they don't know that there's a solution to their problem. So let's say you're an e-commerce brand and you want to sell something. Like, tell me a type of product that uh, you... Some people are struggling to sell. Yeah, let's say watches, like watches. Cool. So at at the first uh, um, um, spectrum, you know, unaware people they don't even know that they have a watch that they want to watch uh, because they don't feel like uh, they they want to be more uh, stylish or something. So it's it's pointless to advertise to these people or to like pitch them something uh, about your product, about your cool ass watch, because they are not going to care. However, if they feel like, you know, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I dress like, I don't know, a clown and I don't have this nice style and, you know, I don't have uh, that cool factor in front of my friends that other people are having, if they feel this, it means that they're in the second stage of awareness, the problem aware stage. So at this point, you know, they have, they know they have a problem, but they don't yet know that they need a watch. And this is the best place to like catch them with a Facebook ad or a YouTube ad or, or any type of ad where they're just scrolling Facebook. And then you, uh, you like gut punch them in their, in their, uh, frustration and, and their problem. And, 
that's the job of your Facebook ad to like warm them up so that they become solution aware. They, they, they know that, hey, if you want to seem cool in front of your friends or if you want to become the next James Bond, let's say you want to have the feeling of becoming the next James Bond, then you need this cool watch because it, it conveys manliness. It shows that you are, uh, you know, a sophisticated person and stuff like that. So then they go to the landing page and the landing page, you know, uh, you get them, you give them like uh, an opt-in opportunity to get on your email list. And then once they're on your email list, they're at least in the uh, solution, like still maybe in the problem aware, but maybe in the solution aware stage. And that's the best, best point to send them a lot of emails to don't be afraid to send them a lot of nurture emails and offer emails and I'm sure you have plenty of different flows and automations that you set up for your clients. So you know this already. Uh, but to people who don't know, the aim of email marketing is to like build that connection and get them to that, uh, that, that most aware stage where they, they are, they, they know the benefits of your product. They are salivating over it. They have desire to get it. They're just waiting to some, they're just waiting for some discount or something, the right time. And that's why you also have to email them frequently because who are you to tell which is the best time for them to buy? Maybe they have some family emergency. Maybe they don't have cash right now. Maybe they, you know, tomorrow some friend is going to laugh at them that, oh my God, you look like a slob. You know, you don't even have a nice watch. You don't even look manly enough or something. And then they're going to say, yeah, so what should I do? Yeah, I heard about this this company. You know, they're always sending me cool emails. You know, now's the time that I'm going to buy. Uh, the watch from them. And this is basically how, you know, good funnels work. Yeah, exactly. And uh, as you said, we also set up these flows and uh, we check the customer journey. Um, I think where our, uh, the, the subscribers of our clients, they join this process or, or where we start nurturing them is more like the solution aware stage. Uh, we have a few clients where we educate them, but we focus more on the solution aware or ready to buy uh, people. I know that uh, probably you are more familiar with the middle or top of the funnel when, when they are pro- problem aware or they are not even problem aware because you did landing pages before you, you, you do YouTube as well. And um yeah, what do you think? How are they different? And also, I'm curious when when an e-commerce business uh, needs to educate their audience and when they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Great question. And I think this also goes back to the length of the copy because all that I mentioned in my previous rant, it was basically uh, the whole customer journey that people experience. So how long your copy has to be depends on how many elements of this journey you have to have. So for all five journeys, it has to be long for a sales page, for example. But regarding your question for like uh, the problem aware stage and uh, for uh, landing pages and uh, um, Facebook ads, uh, you can still educate them if you feel like your product needs more education. So let's say if you're selling like... uh, an iPhone um, um, tempered glass, glass screen protector, then you don't really need to educate them because they know what it is. But if if you have a new type of supplement, like uh, which also you know a lot of e-commerce companies are doing really good and high converting uh, supplement funnels, then you I definitely last, hmm? last 
last week or two weeks ago, we just had a podcast episode and we talked about CBD. Awesome. And now yeah. it's emerging and a lot of education is needed. Yeah, Even definitely. in the podcast, we talked about CBD molecules for 15 minutes because I didn't know anything about it. So that's one example, CBD, I think. Yeah. There's also these things called advertorials. So, you know, ads are getting more expensive all the time. Uh, yeah, sometimes they drop a little bit during COVID, but they, generally they're getting more expensive. And uh, a lot of people, they decided, and this is what like Ezra Firestone does with with the boom. Like they uh, send people from an ad to a pre-sell page, which educates them more. And, and they only get linked to the product after they read this page. So how cool is that if you think about it? How much more, how much higher quality leads do you get with that? Yeah, so do you think it's better not to run Facebook ads, people go to the product page and they can buy, but it's better to run even organic traffic uh, with influencers maybe um, and, and you educate them through the content. You can send them to an advertorial and then you can retarget them with ads and then you convert them. Do you think... Would it be cheaper or it depends on the store, the business, the product? Yes, I think it depends. But in general, I think it, it, it will be cheaper. And a lot of people are using the, especially these types of funnels. So they, they don't really uh, send the traffic directly to the product, but they advertise their content pieces or their, their, uh, their articles, which are really helpful, by the way. But then as good advertorials, they also have a pitch at the end. And if you can make this seamless, you know, you can definitely drastically lower your, your uh, cost per leads or even your cost per clicks, and you can become much more profitable uh, with your ads. But it, it also depends, you know, there, as I said, there are some products where you don't have to do this, but in general, I think it's definitely worth testing and investing in, in this because in most cases, it works really well. And one thing that a lot of people don't measure uh, is that um, these leads who are more warmed up and they sign up to your email list and they buy after that, let, let's say, uh, the average order value for these leads is, is usually much higher than with uh, uh, super cold leads who, are, who just buy from the ad uh, right off the bat. And, uh, you know, these are the people who are going to be your best customers, who are going to give you the best quality uh, testimonials and they will give you a lot of uh, sometimes hard to measure uh, value that will definitely make the difference between you becoming a big brand or you just struggling as like uh, yet another dropshipper. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, and I'm reading a book now, The Challenger Sale, and the author says it's B2B sales, but same applies to B2C. The more you educate people, the higher price you can ask for. And as you said, the more you educate them, your AOV will be higher in, in general. Um, is, there a thing, is there a thing like uh, educating people too much? Um, I think there is definitely. So this is just like a relationship. Like in the beginning, you know, you don't want to like immediately pitch people to like sleep with you or something because you would you would seem like a pervert or something so you need to like nurture them which is the same as educating them uh on who you are what what's your unique selling proposition how are you different uh 
the story behind your brand, something like that. But after you do these essentials, then I believe it's, and, it, and if your product is good and it genuinely helps people, I, I believe it's your obligation to sell. Because if you educate too much, people don't have the time and the energy for that. Like some education is good, but if you only do that and if you all your emails are like mini uh, like uh, university sessions or something, then people are not going to care about this. So I think there's definitely a sweet spot here. Yeah, I, I will come up with a, maybe it's a strange example, but we have a common friend here in Hungary, Chaba, um, Gabor. And if you remember, he hold a session about Bitcoin mm-hmm. and uh, he told about Bitcoin for one hour or even more. And uh, you told me that this guy wants to sell something. He wants to sell something. He wants to sell something. And then I, I told you that, no, this guy, he doesn't, he's, he's not selling anything. And then he, he didn't sell anything. He just ed- educated us for one or two hours and we didn't understand why. And he's just like this. He, he just wants to teach people. And we, as marketers, we waited, we waited for the call <laughs> to end in the end, but it never happened. So if you educate too much, it, it can happen. That's the other uh, side of the spectrum. If you educate too much, that's not good either. Um, people won't understand you why you do it and, and what's the purpose. Um, yeah, that's a great point. And also one more thing is that if you want to be successful at copywriting and at selling, you have to educate, but you don't have to educate all the time in a rational way. So People don't buy in a rational way. People buy based on emotions. And if they make the, the decision, the emotional decision of buying, then they're looking to justify their decision with like uh, logical stuff. So good education uh, isn't only about like giving them facts, but also about telling them stories and uh, and showing how your product can help other people. Like even ca- testimonials and case studies. Like if you make an email, uh, just about a case study or a testimonial that can also be educating if you use the proper format for it. Uh, and also if you do this uh, emotional education, then obviously naturally you're going to uncover the, the pains and fears of your, of your ideal customer. And once you do that, I mean, you cannot just let, leave them hanging with their, with their pain just unpacked. You have to give them a solution. So, the thing I didn't like about that uh, that little uh, lecture that you mentioned, uh, Gabor's lecture, was that he uncovered the pain points. He told about how Bitcoin, it, how how cool Bitcoin is, and and how many uh, you know untapped opportunities there are in this market. But he didn't give a solution. He didn't give the next steps. And to me, that was like definitely a super big turnoff because. Yes, I'm a marketer, so I'm expecting that. But even normal people like uh, civilians, let's say, who aren't marketers and who aren't in this game, like I think it's it's just natural uh, to to give them the next steps. And sometimes that's a pitch. Sometimes that's, you know, uh, to subscribe. Sometimes that's nothing, just to reply to your email or something. But I'm a big believer of always giving them something because on their own, they don't know what to do. And... And it's just natural, I think. What do you think about this? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And um, I can even imagine people who they really feel the pain because you 
you know, you, you, you tell them about this pain and you really go deep into that and, and you elaborate on, on that. And then if you just disappear, they, a few people, they will angry with you. Like this guy just came here and just told me my problem. And I had this big ah moment. Yes, I really have that problem. And he didn't give me any solution. So I think some people would be even angry. Um, yeah. yeah. If you want people uh, to think of you as a good um, brand, e-commerce store, uh, or, or even marketer, service provider, then you should give them the solution, not just elaborate on the pain. Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to learn copywriting, uh, and I know it's a tough question. I, I, <laughs> I, I also get this question many times. Um, yeah. So what would you recommend to them? What, where they should get started and, uh, who are the people, uh, who they can learn from? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great question. And it's very timely because, uh, you know, on my YouTube channel, I have around, uh, uh, 1700 subscribers at the moment. And, you know, I have videos about copywriting, the basics of it. I also have a lot of videos about email marketing. Your audience can check it out actually, if they're interested in stuff like that. Um, and I also have a lot of things about, you know, digital marketing in general, stuff like that. And I, I just, uh, you know, have been focusing more on my basic copywriting stuff as well to, le to reach more people nowadays. And almost all the comments I have, without exception, people are asking me, wow, this is so cool. You know, I learned so much and everything, but why can I, where can I find clients or where can I learn more? And, and I, I, I don't understand because, uh, you know, under each video, I mean, I created a whole playlist, a copywriting playlist, which ex uh, explains all these questions in detail. So this just shows that most people are like sleepwalkers, sleepwalkers in the world. So they, they become, uh, you know, motivated suddenly to do something which sounds cool, but they don't, don't really put in the work. They don't really, uh, you know, read the fine print. So if they were to just click the description uh, which I also tell them in the video, they would get answers to their questions immediately. And this just shows me that those people are never going to become good copywriters because they didn't even put in the, this small amount of work uh, to advance their career and they're already feeling lost. So uh, this this guys, was a bit of a rant. Yeah, go ahead. Don't, don't be lazy, guys. That's yeah. the I mean, it just shows you that you're not a pro. There's this, there's this thing called the, the pro code, which means that you uh, show up uh, at the place that you promised to show up at the right time when you promised to show up doing exactly the thing that you promised to show up. And what I noticed, and I'm sure you also noticed it, is that 90% of people like don't do this at all. Yeah, 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 I agree. Um, and I know... Uh, with Chaba, we talked about it, that his motivation is to become one of the best copywriters. And uh, on my side, I hire people regularly and I can just really see the same. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, don't be lazy. Do yeah, the and, job. Uh, this, going back to your question, uh, to where to learn copywriting. So I'm going to be honest with, with, with you guys. It's not easy to learn this uh, because it is just... It has its its science component and it has its art component as well. And you definitely have to put in a lot of work to 
uh, understand how good writing works. And it definitely is lifelong learning stuff. So yes, you can learn, a bit, learn the basics of it. And most people do that. Like they watch one or two courses, they learn the basics, they do some basic copywriting, and then they outsource it, which is totally fine if you're a business owner, you don't want to do this. It's totally fine. Uh, but but to be a good copywriter, uh, it's a lonely, it's a lonely path because you have to write a lot. You have to make a lot of mistakes in order to learn from those mistakes because the only way to get better at writing is to write more. And a lot of people say that, you know, they have this blank page syndrome, so they don't know what to write. Well, it is like that at the beginning, but there are methods for it. Like if you do your customer research properly, then you will never have a blank page syndrome because you know, you have an overflow of information. Like when I have to write an email campaign, for example, uh, a launch campaign for a course or like a, a multi-email uh, sequence or something, I often have like 20, 30 pages of notes from research. And the hard part for me is to reduce those things that do not include everything in the emails. Yeah, and I think, uh, but you can agree or disagree, you do it every day. So um the solid foundation is more it's it's also in the research phase not only in the writing and actually the research takes more time than the writing part because i remember back then when i did much more copywriting i i did the research for for hours and after the writing was like i don't know like half an hour and then i edited but um once you do enough research, you have so much data and so many phrases to use and, and words that it's not hard to write that down. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, it, it is like that for me as well and to most other uh, copywriters. Like everyone's bitching about, you know, I don't know what to write, but like the writing is only like one fourth of the whole project. Like half of it is research, half, one quarter of it is uh, writing and one quarter of it is editing. If you have like a sales page or something, maybe more in the editing and writing part. But like, uh, guys, don't be afraid of the writing part. The first draft is going to be shit either way. So I often rewrite my stuff two, three times and it's normal. Most people do like that. Yeah. And uh, one more thing, which applies to any skills, but especially for copywriting, in my opinion, it's relatively easy to get into the top 20 or 10%. I think you can achieve that after, I don't know, a few weeks, few months. Uh, but it's super hard to get into the top uh, 0.1%. So to become, it, that's a lifelong journey. But if you want to be a good copywriter to make a living or to start building your e-commerce store, I think it's relatively easy if you really put into the work. Yeah. What, what do you think? I agree. I agree with this. Uh, and regarding my rant my previous rant uh i i tend to carry away i tend to get carried away sometimes by focusing on this becoming the top one percent or becoming the top 0.1 percent but for most people becoming the top 10 10 percent let's say is totally enough because you're still gonna be way ahead a lot, a lot of people because most people and most brands and i'm sure you agree with this most e-commerce brands they have zero knowledge of copywriting so even if you can just you know, do this absolute basics, like write, you know, in like shorter sentences and be more easy to read and like uh, have benefit driven language, you'll still be way ahead of a lot of people. Uh, and in this regard, it's definitely uh, easier. And in this case, you just read a few basic books, like 
you, you read stuff from Gary Halbert, the Boren Letters, or like uh, the Adweek Copywriting Handbook from Joseph Sugarman or stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of free guides. There's a lot of free videos that I have, even I have, and I'm not the world's biggest copywriter. So uh, yeah, guys, it's it's not rocket science, but but here's the caveat. Uh, you can be easily in the top 10%, but that doesn't mean but if you get into the top 1%, that doesn't mean you're going to make 10 times as much. You're going to make 100 times as much or 50 times as much. So it's definitely exponential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, and regarding sources uh, to learn from, uh, on my side, I cannot really recommend. Uh, the Boron letters are very good. I think I read the Ultimate Sales Letter, the book, uh, and... I read one or two more and I don't remember their um, titles, but really that's it. I, I Googled, I, I just used Google and I read articles and, and that's it. But I cannot name any resources, which is very interesting. Um, hmm. yeah. I think it has to do something with the fact that, you know, copywriting is somewhat of an abstract topic. So uh, it, it it combines so many things because like, most copywriters, good copywriters, they aren't writers. This is this is hard to understand for a lot of clients. So sometimes, you know, when I give out a quote and uh, clients, you know, like their eyes like become like rounded and they say, like you're, you're charging so much for like a short video script. This should only take you half an hour. But they don't understand all the knowledge that's needed before it, all the customer research and everything. And they don't understand that copywriting isn't writing. It's like a copywriter is a marketing professional, a marketing consultant who knows uh, writing, basically. So they're the people who understand the business and the sales funnel and the offer and the whole marketing engine. And they can translate that thing into how the regular average Joe thinks who is the target customer of that client. And this is hard. Yeah, it's super hard. It really needs a lot of empathy. And uh, I think as a marketer, everyone should start with this. And and uh, if you have an e-commerce brand as well, you should do at least a few ad copies, product pages, even maybe try to write a landing page and then you will see how difficult it is. I, I talked with guys who never did it and they had the same mindset, what you just said. Um, they... That they, their uh, eyes started rolling, like, why this is so expensive? And that's that's not a good mindset mm -hmm. uh, to business. And, you know, this also shows why it's worth it to become a better copywriter. So to really train yourself, because uh, as you as your skills improve, uh, you start working with better quality clients. Uh, and the better quality clients, on average, have more successful businesses. So that means they're generating more money. So they have more money and they also understand because that's why they're, uh, they're successful because they understand what's really important in a business and what isn't so important. And smart business owners understand that the messaging, the marketing messaging, which is the primary uh, responsibility of copywriting is super extremely important. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Communication is also diff very different much better working together. Um, yeah. And they understand communication, especially if they have a solid brand, they, they will understand that. Um, do you think there are brands um, 
especially those where it's built around a person. Now we have two clients like like this. One of them sells um, sells uh, packages like su- subscription boxes, and you can find recipes like uh, recipes from the Japanese uh, cuisine or, or Italian or French. And uh, she sells in the U.S. It's very very uh, successful. Clavio will uh, will uh, showcase them in one, in one of their webina- webinars, and uh, it's built around a lady who is the founder, and she's a well-known chef. And uh, what do you think? Is it, is it possible to really understand her tone of voice and and to to write in that voice as a copywriter? Or it's better to leave this work to her and she will do it? Oh, man, um, this is such a great question. Um, you know, one of the other uh, challenging things in copywriting uh, is to be able to write in the correct tone of voice. And this is actually a skill that is really advanced. So even, even medium quality copywriting courses or books don't really talk about this, but there are a few uh, like systems which 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 are really systems so a lot of people think that you know writing in in the voice of, of your client is like this mystical thing like it cannot be replicated like, only by the her. Think, by the way yeah a lot of clients think like that and one of the in most cases one of their top three concerns when hiring a copywriter for example is that they're gonna not use the good good voice let's say they're not gonna use a good voice and uh it's it, this is really hard. So if she can find a really good copywriter who can mimic her voice, which might not be like even sometimes, you know, you you can have Dan Kennedy who doesn't write uh, like uh, good recipe books or something, and even he couldn't nail this this uh, person's voice. But if she doesn't want to invest in these uh, higher level copywriters, then maybe it's better if she does it. Like she just invests in a copywriting coach, for example, and they go through her messaging together and spice it up. Because even in e-commerce, it's very, very powerful to be vulnerable and to be uh, to share a lot of um, personal, emotional things. Yet a lot of brands are afraid of this because they think that it might make them look bad or something. But I genuinely think that in this world where the world is disconnected, where there's COVID, you know, people are craving that connection. And if, you know, she's sympathetic with her audience and her product works and uh, and she has a voice that connects with people, she can definitely pull it off to write on her own. But maybe she needs like a writing coach or something who can make this or a marketing writing coach who can make this even better. But uh, it's definitely... Uh, it's good. I think if if it's a it's a personal brand, it's it's good. It's no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and also on 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 her side or the client's side, the e-commerce business owner side, I think many times they cannot really uh, explain to the copywriter their own style. They they just write as they want, and but they cannot really describe it. And actually. When I hired a content manager a few months ago, I had the same issue. Like I couldn't really describe my style, which is very, very funny. Um, so currently with, with clients, we started uh, just showing them certain words and they have to underline it uh, like funny or, or, or serious or youthful or, and 
words like this and they have to underline um, what they think uh, it's a fit for, for their brand or not. Hmm. So it helped a lot or they send us examples. But yeah, it's not easy, especially if it's built around the person. Yeah, it's it's difficult. But, you know, I watched a training with the, with the chief copywriter of Ramit Sethi. Do you know Ramit Sethi? Yeah, of course. I, I, I've been following him for three years. Yeah, cool. Years. So uh, her, uh, his copywriter for like three, four years was uh, a person called Abby Woodcock. And Abby uh, specializes in exactly in this, in voice and, uh, and uh, customer voice. And she developed a system uh, in which, you know, she deconstructs writing done by anyone. Uh, I haven't done this course yet, but I will in the future. Um, but she has, she mentioned even in like a, a smaller course, which I participated in, that there are some tools online that you can uh, paste your text in and it will analyze, you know, how emotional that text is, how positive it is, how, uh, what types of words are used most commonly. And then it will help you, it will give you guidelines on how, uh, how you should write to be very close to that text. And then you can also paste later your own text and it will it will match it and it will tell you how similar it is. Uh, so th- that's one of the ways. The other one is to just do more research and just analyze, just read a lot of things that uh, that the the brand name itself wrote because then you will notice how, how long p- of a paragraphs they use or like how long the sentences are, uh, how many questions they use. And, you know, it's, uh, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's easy and it's definitely a learning curve. So they also have to be okay with this being a learning curve and it's hard to measure it as a KPI, but, but it can be done. It can be done. By the way, what do you think about these, these AI tools um, that you can use for copywriting? I, can, I could see many headline generators. Uh, you just put in the words and they create random headlines. Um, what do you think? What, what do you expect from these in the future? Um, it's, a, again, a good question. And I, it's funny because I just talked about this with uh, Killian, one of our, our uh, common friends, the other day. Uh, I was arguing that, in my opinion, we still need like 20 years, let's say, until like AI tools can rival good copywriters. Because, yes, you have these headline generators and everything. But the thing is that a lot of people don't consider is that formulas and templates and like cookie cutter swiped headlines don't necessarily work anymore the same way as they did in the past. Because in order for a good headline to work, it has to be relevant and timely and it has to have a big idea that really connects with that particular uh, audience and at that particular time in that particular uh, political climate and everything. And if you use if you just use yet another like you know a copy of a traditional headline like do you make these common mistakes in english that's a very popular headline so if you say do you make these five makeup mistakes or something eh, it will work to some degree but uh, it won't necessarily replace uh, a copywriter in my opinion yeah and i think uh, as you also said the these gen- headline generator and these ai tools they don't understand the context Yes, and they don't understand the aha moment mm-hmm. because headlines they they reflect uh, the aha moment. Uh, one of my favorites is the Royce Royce ad. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it last time. Like, uh, do you remember the headline? 
it's like at 60 miles an hour, the only thing you hear is the clock of the car or something. And it's super important for this particular audience. And you cannot replicate this with an AI tool. Yeah. But for me, even though this was a super good ad, for me, it doesn't tell much. So I wouldn't buy based on this. I wouldn't even read it or something. But for people who were at that audience, for them, it was super good. And an, an AI wouldn't really understand its subtle difference, I think. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Chava, what would be your last advice to e-commerce business owners, how they should think about copywriting, how they could get better. Um, yeah. I think my advice, uh, copywriting advice would, would tie in with uh, with an email marketing advice that I would give them because most of the things I do involve email copywriting and email marketing um, is that guys, don't be afraid to, uh, to send out more emails and more valuable emails because I'm a huge believer in email marketing. I think it's definitely the uh, one of the, num- possibly the number one marketing channel even now. And especially nowadays, like if you send good emails, you, nobody can take that away from you. And you can ask all these big uh, info businesses, for example, like product launch formula or these mega million dollar launches, 80% of their revenue comes from email. So I would I would tell people to to double down on email marketing if you can do it hire Donnie and Buddha in media because they will do it much better than you on your own probably um but if you want to do it your own then be my guest do it but but do it so double down on it send more emails because more emails equal more sales and the more willing you are to experiment with new things in your email strategy like being more emotional sharing more stories sending boring ass txt emails like plain text emails sometimes or even there's this thing called the nine world word email it's from a guy called dean jackson one of the legendary marketers and it's it only has nine words and it's made to revive dead lists and it's like hey name do you still need blank that's it and your name and a lot of people will just reply to that because you know it's relevant to them they're exactly at the product aware stage at that time or something so that would be my 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 uh, my thing here email more email better and uh, you will see more money in your business yeah that's a great piece of advice and i think if you send quality emails relevant emails to your audience you cannot really you, you cannot send too many. Um, you can send even once a day or, or even more. I We both know guys who send uh, even more, uh, not just one email per day, which is, if you think about it, that's crazy. That's like hundreds of females every year. And uh, you can definitely do it. Just stay relevant, send to the right segment, understand your audience, and, and it works. Oh, definitely. Um, and also, don't be afraid. One more thing. Don't be afraid of unsubscribes. Nobody care that like even if you send out more emails and you're gonna get more unsubscribes. So what? Those people aren't gonna buy from you anyway, or maybe they buy something, but they're gonna complain. Then they're gonna uh, give you chargebacks, or they want refunds, or like complain or something. If they don't like it, they can like you know bounce from your list. But list. But it's much better to have like an engaged list with smaller uh, people, smaller numbers of people than like an inflated list with a lot of dead leads. So 
Uh, it's good if you send more emails because then you polarize people and polarizing brands work. Like just think about Trump, for example. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Gmail will like you as well. If yeah. people can subscribe and uh, you lose them, but you keep the the rest of the people on your list, they will stay engaged and Gmail and these platforms will like you as well. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Chova, if anyone wants to find you, where they can find you? Yeah, you can go to my website directly, uh, which is gameofconversions.com. But even better, I have a free five-part uh, email course, actually a mini course called The Five Principles of Rainmaker Emails. So if you're more interested in email copywriting, then we will leave a link below the show notes, but you can just go to gameofconversions.com slash 5PRE. So the number 5PRE, Principles of Rainmaker Emails. So you can find out more about me there or just visit my YouTube channel. If you just type Game of Conversions in YouTube, I think you're going to get it. Amazing. Thank you, Chaba. You shared, uh, you shared a lot of uh, valuable details, information and knowledge about copywriting, e-commerce, even about YouTube. So I'm, I'm really happy that you could uh, come to our show today. And uh, the listeners, uh, stay tuned because every Thursday we are coming out with a new episode. We invite people from very different areas, but um, every, every guest is e-commerce related. So thanks for listening um, us and, and, and stay tuned, everyone. Thank, thank you, you so much, and, uh, Daniel. I appreciate it immensely. And uh, to your audience as well, thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Cheers, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.